Just Life, a programme from Radio Maria England. Good morning to all our listeners. This is Radio Maria and as, as you've just heard in the introduction, this is Just Life this Wednesday morning. And today we have the privilege to have Fleur Dole speaking with us. She is the National Coordinator of God Who Speaks, the God Who Speaks campaign. And she's here this morning to talk to us. Good morning, Fleur. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. It's a sunny day. It is, thank God. Maybe the winter's slowly receding. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, let's uh, dive straight in and I'll hand over the airwaves to you and our dear listeners and... In a few minutes, maybe in about 10, 15 minutes, we'll have a music break and I'll open up the phone line. So over to you. Great. Good morning, listeners. Um, so I'm Fleur Dorrell. Um, my wider job is to be the Catholic Scripture Engagement Manager for the Catholic Bishops Conference, which covers all 22 dioceses in England and Wales, um, jointly in partnership with Bible Society. Uh, and that partnership role um, led me to create a campaign called the God Who Speaks campaign. Um, we started the campaign in 2020 because it was the anniversary, the 10th anniversary of Verbum Domini, which is a key Vatican document on the Bible. Um, and it was also the 1600th anniversary of the death of St. Jerome. Now, you will know that St. Jerome translated the Bible from the Hebrew and the Greek into Latin in the 4th century. Um, a lot of people don't know that he had quite a lot of help from two women uh, who were St. Paula and her daughter, St. Eustochium. So St. Jerome is key um, for us to celebrate because uh, he's written, he's translated the Bible, he's written many Bible commentaries, uh, and one of his most famous sayings was, ignorance of scriptures is ignorance of Christ. So our God Who Speaks campaign has three elements to its vision, um, celebrating God's word, living God's word, and sharing God's word. And through this vision, uh, we wanted to create a campaign that meant that everyone in England and Wales could access the Bible creatively. We could have a reflowering and a deeper engagement with our love of scripture as central to our Catholic faith. So we've created many different platforms and ways in which um, we can all engage with the scriptures, whether it's through education, whether it's through evangelization and proclamation, whether it's through social action and creative arts. Now, one of the um, passions that I have in my own experience is from the relationship between theology and the arts. And for me, the Bible is as visual as it is textual. And we know that a lot of people find the Bible a very big book. It's got 73 books in it. Um, some of it seems quite complex and some of it seems quite strange. Um, so not everybody will start with the Bible. They might start with an image or a prayer before they get into any one of the books of the Bible. They'll hear them in mass, of course, um, and they'll probably hear mostly the Gospels. But there's an awful lot more to the Bible than that. There are other people for whom the Bible in text form would be quite challenging. So one of the initiatives we've done with this campaign is work with a signer for our deaf communities to sign um, Mark's Gospel. Um, also, we created a survey right at the beginning of the campaign just to see what the landscape was like scripturally for our Catholics in England and Wales. Um, and out of the 2000 responses we had, um, although most people said that that they hear the Bible in church most often, um, only 34 percent said that the Bible was extremely important to their faith. And 41 percent said they weren't sure where to begin with the Bible. 
So just taking those two stats out of all the stats we had, that seemed to me a real um, incentive to create something that would make it all a bit more manageable, exciting, and help us to deepen our whole faith through the central tradition that we believe that the Bible has within our faith. One of our big and innovative um, initiatives within the campaign is our artwork. So I commissioned an artist in Portsmouth called Pete Codling. He lives um, in Portsmouth, South Sea, uh, and he has a particular passion for creating quite big artworks. Now, this artwork um, he called Little Bits of God because it's made up of thousands and thousands of bits of mosaic tiles. You can find um, a wonderful interactive video and listen to him talking about how the technique he used for this artwork on our GodWhoSpeaks.uk website. But Little Bits of God um, offers us creative and inclusive ways to engage with the Bible in a very visual way. Um, it is covering things like the life in, of Jesus and Mary and key gospel stories. It promotes St. Jerome and his role in translating the Bible and tells the legend of the wonderful lion that he helped um, along the way. It looks at saints. It looks at um, a modern day three-year-old child refugee and honours the tragic life um, that he had in trying to cross Turkey in the migration crisis. It looks at different key figures in the Bible. Um, but just so you can imagine it, because it's quite difficult to talk about something that is entirely visual, if you think of, um, say, a tree that's seven foot five tall, um, that is the shape of it. But then bearing in mind that it's based on Byzantine and medieval icon techniques, it is what we call a polyptych. So it's a multi-panelled artwork, which has a huge trunk, as you would with a tree, but instead of having branches, it has panels with doors that open out and in each panel on both sides, you have different features and aspects of the artwork. So on the front of the panels, you have two doors that represent the Trinity and the Trinity is represented through the three faces of the Trinity with God totally in 24 karat gold with Jesus um, in the centre so that the doors open at his mouth and that is because it's the God who speaks and on the right hand side of the Trinity you have the Holy Spirit created entirely of glass and mirror. The idea of this glass and mirror technique is that so that we can look into the Holy Spirit and see the Holy Spirit reflected in us in the mirror. Um, that's just a part of that whole front Trinity panel but when you open those doors up you are immediately dazzled by the sheer number of mosaic tiles in the central panels and on the left and the right. And we have the Archangel Gabriel constructed entirely out of feathers uh, because he is an angel. And on the right, we have Mary with one eye open and one eye shut. And the idea that the artist wanted to convey with that was that one of her eyes is looking in the present at her current vocation when she says yes to Gabriel at the Annunciation. And the other eye being shut is how she sees beyond. She sees her future ahead of her and she sees the future for her son, Jesus. So as we know that the fruit of the Annunciation is the birth of Jesus, the central panel is entirely made up of the birth of Jesus and a number of key gospel stories, such as Jesus washing the disciples' feet, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Lazarus being raised from the dead, Jesus being tempted by the devil in the desert. Uh, we have John the Baptist baptising Jesus in the Jordan. We obviously have the crucifixion. We have the resurrection. 
we have um, the storm in the Sea of Galilee. And if you can imagine, these stories are all told with quite abstract mosaic tiles, tiny little tiles, but you can follow them around like a detective puzzle. Um, and it's quite thrilling as well as catechetical to work out which story you're looking at. The central trunk itself, as you might imagine, is the tree of life, tree of knowledge. So that tells the story of Eden. We have Adam and Eve, we have an apple, and the snake is made to wrap entirely around the whole of that trunk. The base of this huge artwork is actually to uh, look at hell, and the artist used lots of offcuts that weren't good enough to be used in the main panels to represent hell in reds and oranges and yellows. And we have an inscription in Latin and Greek uh, to celebrate St. Jerome's life. Now, when you go around the other side, you have the same set of doors that open out, but also slightly different stories being told. We have St. Jerome and his lion, because as you know, he took out the thorn in the lion's paw. And in the legend, the lion was so grateful that a saint would do that, that he followed him and guarded him for the rest of his life. So if you're in a place like the National Gallery or another famous uh, religious centre where you have a lot of uh, biblical and devotional paintings and you see anything of St. Jerome, you'll always see a lion next to him in those paintings. And that's because of that legend. But what the artist has done in this set of panels is really, really innovative because he has composed uh, St. Jerome in the centre, but writing um, on a number of different formats. So we've got him with scrolls, as he would have used, and parchment in the cave in Jerusalem in the 4th century when he translated the Bible. And then his other hand is resting on something that is half a book and half a computer keyboard. The idea being that the book is the Bible on one side and the computer keyboard is how the word, the Bible, has evolved into the digital age. He also has a quill, but in the centre of it has glass. So it is both a quill you would write when you're writing with parchment and scrolls, but it's also a bit like a digital pen you'd use on your iPad now. And this evolution of the word goes through each of the panels that it's both ancient and it's both modern. And then we have a series of um, key figures in the Bible, such as Moses with the tablets of stone, we have saints such as St. Francis of Assisi, we have St. Christopher, we have St. Sebastian with his gory arrows all in his body. We have an angel of life with 12 modern day apostles surrounded by the angel life. So that's to encourage all of us to follow in the life of Christ. And then we have warnings such as we did in the base where we look at hell. So on the right hand panel on the back side of this artwork, we have an angel of death with feathers flying and clothes unravelling as it descends to the void that is our life without God. So these interactive panels, they tell lots of stories around the Bible. They look at different saints. They look at uh, female martyrs as well. They have lots and lots of different um, stories within each panel to tell us, but it's all about um, whether we choose to follow God or what happens if we do not. It celebrates different Bible stories, different gospel stories. It encourages us to think very devotionally about all those saints and writers of the Bible that have gone before us. Um, it's almost like a visual pilgrimage that we are taken on when we look at this artwork. And because it's all made up of these smulty mosaics as they're known, the light catches them at different times of the day. 
So at one minute you can see an awful lot of gold, the next minute you'll be translucent. You can look in the mirror, as we said, in the Holy Spirit, you see yourself reflected in the Holy Spirit, and you can follow the different trails of the different lives of many, many different saints within it. Um, some of them are familiar, some of them are unfamiliar. Uh, we have this modern-day child refugee, Alan Kurdi, who was only three, year old, three years old when he was washed up on the in Bodrum, Turkey, on the beaches in the migration crisis. And our artist has surrounded him entirely by gold to warn us of our responsibility to children and say that not all saints are old and ancient. Some of them are in our midst now because they have had to sacrifice their life for the things that we have done or have failed to do. So it's incredibly meditative, it's educational, it's something you can spend a lot of time contemplating. At the moment, it's in Leeds Cathedral, um, and it has been on tour. Um, first, it started in Westminster Cathedral, where Cardinal Vincent Nichols blessed it, which was a wonderful occasion. Uh, then it travelled to Nottingham. It went to St Albans Cathedral. It's been in two parts of Birmingham, including Birmingham Newman University, and now at the moment it is in Leeds Cathedral. But for those who can't actually get to see it for whatever reason, we've created this stunning interactive video of it on our godwhospeaks.uk website. And in that video, each of the panels opens up with music. You have captions to tell you exactly what's going on in each panel and you can follow it around. And then you can listen to two videos of the artist showing you literally the technique as to how he created the artwork um, from the beginning, which is truly, truly inspirational. I think um, if you haven't seen something on this scale and in such a contemporary form, you will be dazzled by it when you do. There is nothing else like it at the moment that celebrates the Bible in such an exciting and spiritually moving way. Um, and as I've said, the, the idea that the visual is as powerful as the text is a very important part of our Catholic tradition, given particularly in the Western canon of art, we have always celebrated uh, the fine arts, the sculpture, the if you think about the stained glass windows in churches and cathedrals, the visual for us tells the story of our faith with as much depth as do the words. They go hand in hand for us. Uh, we are a very visual uh, religion, as it were. And for me, I think that speaks very powerfully to us and breaks down quite a lot of barriers uh, for a lot of people who sometimes will feel excluded from certain types of engagement with the Bible, particularly if it's too academic or isn't speaking to them in where they are at in their journey. So the visuals can cut through all of that and help you get into the uh, Gospels, get into the Old Testament, see the same story in a new light. For us, the power is in the encounter and in that encounter with Christ, we know we can love him more dearly, we can follow our faith more clearly, uh, and it can just enrich our way of thinking, our way of praying, our way of relating to each other. Well, thank you very much. That's a very interesting topic and a very interesting introduction to it. So if any of our listeners would like to get involved with the conversation, and we do encourage that, the number to dial is 01223 Three seven five five six four. That's oh one two two three three seven five five six four. And we'll be back after this music break.
before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. been so so kind to me
This is Radio Maria. A very warm welcome back to our program this morning, Just Life, this first of February, a little bit of sunshine I can see, a little yellow thing in the sky I haven't seen for a long time called the sun that's come out today, which is which is lovely. And we've been speaking this morning to Fleur Dower about the um, organisation. She's coordinator of the campaign of God Who Speaks. And we've got a young man on the line here and in the studio rather, and he'd like to ask you a question. Is that all right? Yes, sure. Okay. What's your name, young man? Sam. Hello, Sam. And what's your question about the uh, the artwork? If um, are you allowed to touch it? Are you allowed to touch it? Well, there you go. That's a really good question. Um, a lot of the time, people just want to look at it, but we have allowed people to touch it. Um, and I think it's quite important if you are able to touch it, because then you can feel the different textures of the artwork. Um, and we've also had a group of people who. Um, were visually impaired and it was very important that they could touch it obviously because they couldn't see it but touching I think is important and I think touch is an important component in our faith as well. Well there you go well thank you very much well let me uh, hand back the airwaves to you and uh, for part two of your talk this morning. Great so we've been looking at why I'm so passionate about scripture and why the God Who Speaks campaign speaks to all our Catholics in England and Wales. Um, We know in our faith that um, scripture is foundational to the life of who we are as Catholics Um, and I mentioned the fact that we had three themes in our vision of celebrating living and sharing God's word. So in discovering and renewing a genuine love for the word of God I think that what we're trying to do is nurture our relationship with Christ Through the Bible, we meet Christ, who is alive in his word. That's how we get to know him, first of all. And we can listen to him speaking to us and guiding us in our daily lives. And we can discover that the Bible, although it was written such a long time ago, actually speaks to us now. And that's because the word is dynamic. It's evolving. And that's what our artists try to communicate in the artwork, that it's evolving, it's living, it's breathing. It's not static historical information um, from a past life only. Those saints and characters in the Bible, even the people who quite clearly got it wrong a lot of the time, are there showing us that our lives aren't that much different really, apart from the development of technology. So God speaks to them, he speaks to us, um, and it's the same God throughout that continuum. And for us, that's a very powerful journey and reminder of who and where we've come from in our faith history. Um, Scripture teaches us how to live in society as well, to respect the wonder of creation, Um, especially each human being and the dignity of the human being and how we relate to each other and importantly towards the common good. Um, The scriptures inspire us to put our faith into action, living God's word and doing God's word and that's what we most fundamentally hear when we hear how Jesus tackles the different characters in the gospels. Social action couldn't be more important in the bible uh, and poverty and issues around injustice continue as a golden thread right from Genesis until the book of Revelation at the end. Um, We know that the Bible has inspired and continues to inspire learning in culture and art and music and literature. It also enables science and faith to be built up um, around a mutual understanding through this dialogue. And one of the little quirks in the artworks that ties science and faith together is that the artist 
um, imaginatively creates a crown of thorns around his central uh, panel of Jesus that is actually the infinity symbol. So although it represents the crown of thorns from his crucifixion, because it's the infinity symbol rather than a traditional crown, uh, it unites science and religion. Uh, and I think that is one of the many little tropes and tricks in the artwork that keeps it very topical and very current. Um, we also know that the Bible challenges technology and social media to open up new ways to encounter and share Christ in the world. And when we use social media for the good and to proclaim our faith, and particularly uh, the scriptures, we know that we're doing something very exciting around the world globally. And we're reaching so many more people in that unique technology. So through this vision and themes, we've got this opportunity to nurture and inspire our faith through attentiveness to the Bible and to creating a love of the Bible, which of course is what my passion is here. Um, but we also know that we don't read the Bible alone in the Catholic Church. We read the Bible from within the tradition of the church in order to benefit from the holiness and the wisdom of all those faithful people who've gone before us. Um, but one of the things I, I mentioned earlier was that People sometimes just have no idea where to get into the Bible and they get quite put off by just the extent and the weight of the Bible in its book form. Um, but we know that it's OK to start small. Just a sentence or a verse or a paragraph or a short story is enough to get you started. And we know the shortest verse in the Bible actually is in John chapter 11. It's Jesus wept. You know, short sentences in the Bible can have transformative effects on all of us. And that's why we created our dedicated website, GodWhoSpeaks.uk, because on the website we have clear sections to help you get started and very, very manageable forms. Uh, we have an about the Bible section, which is all about who wrote the Bible, what's in each story in a very short summary. You can go deeper with videos on looking at it once you've got started to create um, a wider understanding of the whole Bible. But each book has been summarised in that section. We have a section called Daily Living and the Daily Living section is what it says. It's about how do we apply the Bible to current thinking and to the things and the realities that matter to us each day. We have a handy Saints and Seasons section, which obviously charts all the key Catholic seasons and key saints that uh, we know we love and we know we have great feast days to celebrate on. Um, our Art and Culture section has a whole series of innovative Bible and art videos um, and including one around our mosaic artwork. We also have a new section called Good Work, and that's about looking at the Bible and different work and employment practices. So taking the lens of the Bible and applying it into contemporary current work is really, really dynamic. Uh, that section is by David McLaughlin, a great theologian who specialises in Bible and social justice issues. And it really speaks to our times. Um, but also we're very passionate about future generations. So we have an education section that is for primary and secondary schools. And there's great posters download. There's activities on all sorts of different aspects of the Bible to get stuck into. And we're really clear that teachers and children really matter to the future of the Bible and how we want to proclaim and share it and inspire and animate people with the Bible. So take a look at our website because there's a lot going on. We change some of the content every month. We're always keen to have new writers on our website. Uh, we want to share 
our faith and our passion for the Bible as widely and as inclusively as possible. We look for new ideas and new angles on the Bible. Um, so that's one way in which you could get involved in our campaign. You might consider running a Bible study group in your local school or parish or office, and that's quite fun and we can help with that. Um, and we also set up a network of diocesan scripture champions, uh, which if you are interested in, do contact me uh, and I can tell you more about that. And basically they champion scriptural activity in your diocese in as many ways as you want to, depending on where you live and what kind of church setup you've got in your diocese. But there's plenty of different ways to get involved in the Bible and in our God Who Speaks campaign. It's fun, it's innovative, it works at different levels, um, and there's no way around getting to the fact that the Bible is central to our Catholic faith. It isn't just something we hear on Sundays, it's for every day of the year. Pope Francis has said more than once that you should always read a bit of the Bible every day, you should have a pocket Bible ready for whether you're on the bus or on the train or listening to it on your iPhone. You need the Bible every day and Pope Francis has consistently championed just manageable amounts of getting into the scriptures. So I don't think I could sell it much more loudly and clearly than that, but we love the Bible. The Bible is for Catholics. Uh, we have so much to share with each other and it's great to share the Bible and favorite stories with each other. Get into it, uh, find out what works for you uh, and go for it. That's what I would say. Great. Well, thank you very much for that. I um, have a question. Why do you think um, Catholics have a reputation of not knowing their Bible as, uh, as much as they should do? Yeah, that is a very good question. I think it partly goes back to at least the medieval times where, um, because it was only in Latin and St. Jerome translated into Latin, uh, only a few educated people were allowed to learn Latin, normally the clergy. So, of course, that didn't help the average person who didn't know Latin get mm. into it, except through things like stained glass windows and the images which they could understand and could follow. But now we've broken down those barriers, uh, and this campaign is partly to help challenge that um, that accusation, which is a very valid accusation from a lot of people that, you know, why don't we? But here we have a campaign that is challenging exactly that issue. Um, but I do think it goes back to it was sort of the privilege of the clergy mm. originally uh, and the ordinary lay person wasn't educated. So therefore they didn't have access until we got the Bible in our own languages. Of course, uh, and, and that's another whole story, which Bible Society, the wonderful Bible Society who funds my post and job, uh, has spent, you know, their whole life dedicated to translating the Bible, making it as accessible as possible to everyone. Right, great. And I'm presuming as well with the Protestant Reformation as well later on and the uh, the advent of printing, the Bible was sort of spread out more amongst those Protestant-speaking countries than uh, than it would have been amongst the Catholic-speaking ones in the Mediterranean basin? Uh, it would in terms of how it was translated, but um, certainly the Catholic faith was always alive and well. It's mm -hmm. just that um, we understood the Bible in other ways as well. We understood it through the sacraments, through saints, um, and we sure. we didn't necessarily focus entirely on the, the, the Bible in its book form, as I like to say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, we're going to have another piece of music now, and if anyone else would like to phone in, uh, the, the lines are open, and it's 01223. Three seven five five six four. That's O one two two three three seven five five six four. If I was a statesman, 
I'd shout to the whole world to have a little faith, and if I was a lamplight, I shine in the dark night. A little bit of love just might lift you up to the heights. If I was a preacher man or a mathematician, I'd show you that you're one in a billion, and we don't need no division. With the seasons gush like a river, I flow through the cisterns, wash the new believers. If I was a seedling, I'd grow in your heart's ground. And if you'd only listen, oh, for crying out loud, ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, let's go blasting through the skies. Set your path to the Lord You see your heart's made to soar Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one Let go, let go If I was an optician I would change the world's vision I seem just a fisherman Who would like to take you fishing I am just a man on a mission with the keys to the ignition Trying to bring you to the recognition that you're kings If you only listen If I was a seedling, I'd grow in your heart's ground If you'd only listen, oh, for crying out loud Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one Let's go blasting Skies, set your path to the Lord. I see your heart's made to soar. Come on, ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Let go, let go. Set your path to the Lord. I see your heart's made to soar. Set your path to the Lord. Your heart's made to soar. Set your path to the Lord. You see your heart's made to roar. Set your path to the Lord. You see your heart for crying out loud. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Let's go blasting through the skies. Set your path to the Lord. You see your heart's made to soar. Welcome back. This is Radio Maria. You're listening to Just Life this morning. And We've got a caller on the line who'd like to ask a question. Who's this? Oh, this is Helena. Oh, hello, Helena. The hello. lines are all yours. Oh, thank you so much, Fleur, for coming on the radio and sharing about this very exciting, at least for me, exhibit. Can I ask a question about the process of getting a commission through the through the church, through the bishops' conference? Uh, because I think this is as you were sharing, is a great way to educate, to bring the faith alive to folks. 
does this happen usually, like every year maybe they do a commission, or is there a, a process? What's it like? Uh, thank you. That's a good question. Uh, no, it's actually quite complicated. Um, it was Bible Society who actually funded um, the commission and the work around it, um, not the Catholic Church. Um, so it, it came about because I have an art and theology background, and I know that art really works with people in, in ways that sometimes other formats don't. So for me, the centerpiece of the campaign had to be a really inspiring artwork that we could take around and share and inspire other people with. So I went and did some research into different art, uh, Catholic artists. I looked at different styles and then I looked at who might be interesting to communicate the vision that I had in my head and something that they would have in their head and could then create and deliver. So Pete Codling became the person based on some other artwork I'd seen of his because he's very interested in traditional techniques but also a contemporary twist on things. He likes to do ancient and modern and of course that totally fulfilled part of the brief around this campaign. So we chatted about how would you portray and depict the Bible in a visual form uh, in the 21st century? What could that look like and how could it be different from what's happened before? And those conversations were really, really exciting. And then he laid out some drawings about his ideas and we sort of modified them a bit. Uh, we decided we definitely wanted a big emphasis on St. Jerome because it was his anniversary in 2020 when we launched the um, artwork. Uh, we wanted the cardinal to bless it, so it needs to be an appropriate artwork as well in a cathedral or a Catholic setting. So, as you know, there's lots of interesting artwork, but that doesn't always quite work. It might be interesting, but it might not be devotional or spiritual, which obviously is quite a different technique and intention with an artwork. So when it's devotional and it actually has a sacred quality about it, it does look and feel different when you experience it and look at it and participate with it. And that was really important because lots of artwork that classified as religious doesn't necessarily fulfill all that brief. Uh, it might be cl uh, cleverly and beautifully executed, but does it actually help you to deepen your faith when you're looking at it and engaging with it? So there was quite a lot of different criteria we set um, and Pete more than fulfilled that brief. Uh, it took him between nine and 10 months to do most of the work. And also we had the lockdown and COVID. So that obviously created other challenges as well. Um, and then when he had done half of it, that's when we blessed it in Westminster Cathedral. Uh, and then, of course, the race was on to finish the rest of the artwork. So the final product, which you see on our website, is completely breathtaking. Um, but it was Bible Society who funded it. And it was basically my vision to work with an artist. Um, I'm not sure how often the Catholic Church in this country does commission artworks because it's not obviously cheap. Uh, and there's obviously interesting relationship you need to have with the artist in order to make sure they're happy with what you then may do with it when you're taking it around. There's all sorts of other issues around handling it logistically, um, but it really is worth it, even though, you know, it's a long journey you go on in the process because the rewards of seeing something like that, which is unique, are, are really quite spectacular. Wow, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for that. Has that answered your question all right, Helena? That does, that does. Oh, can I say one more thing? By all means. Flor, thank you so much for also sharing that you can touch it, as that's such an important part, especially for our young people, to have one more sensory way of, of being part of our story, of, of our faith. 
So thank you so much. And I look forward to going to visit. Okay, great. Yes, I think touch is very important. And of course, that's what Jesus wants. He wants us to encounter him properly and fully. Uh, that's why when he rises from the dead, he's not just a vision of him. He really is him. So you have that proper bodily encounter. And you're right, that's really, really important for everyone to be able to do if they can. Great. Thank you very much for that then. Well, we're coming up towards the end of our programme, a very interesting one that has been today. This will also be available as a podcast, and also it shall be rebroadcast later on this evening. And would you like to finish off perhaps uh, with, a, with a prayer this morning? Yeah, I just wanted to mention something before that, though. By I all means. Kips, that's okay. I just wanted to get people still hooked on the idea of the Bible. And I think one of the important things for me is the power of place in the Bible. Um, when you think about where we all live, we all live in a particular place. And the Bible is full of very, very important places. Um, so throughout the Bible, you see that people, places and God are always interconnected. Where is God? Where is God not? Where are we? Where are the Bible characters? Uh, place really, really is important for purpose, for our identity and for our salvation. Um, I was thinking about the power of place for all of us, because where we live and where we've been in the last few years, particularly with the pandemic, place has been very important for us. Place is as important in the Bible. It's about where God is, where God is not. It's about purpose. It's about salvation. Um, places in the Bible have a deeper meaning than simply their location. And we know that from where Jesus was born, where Moses went, the power of the Garden of Eden, where the resurrection happens. Um, these are where God speaks to us. Um, place in the Bible is where laws are made, is where prophets are chosen and kings are commissioned. Place is where wisdom is sought. Poetry is sung as in the Psalms and worship is proclaimed in the temple and in synagogue. Places are where babies are born, journeys are made and promises are pledged. Uh, places in the Bible are where the miracles appear and healings happen. Teachings are shared by Jesus. Where disciples are called and justice is given, love is embraced. And most importantly, where the Son of God comes to live and to die, to rise and renew. And where the Holy Spirit continues to dwell. So I just think it's good to end with this idea of the power of place for all of us. Wherever we are listening to this radio programme, place is where God is for us. So I'll just end with a short prayer. Living God, you walk alongside us and speak to us throughout the scriptures. Your son, Jesus Christ, listens to our hopes and fears and shows us how to live for one another. Send us the Holy Spirit today to open our hearts and minds so that we may be your witnesses throughout the world. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much for joining us this morning on Radio Maria. We much appreciate it and we hope to have you back on again. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right. Take care now. <laughs> 